Welcome to the Life Point Church podcast. Let's get into our message. So last week we started a message called Don't Stop Believing. We sang the song. Y'all hit that, that high note so well. You sounded just terrible when you did it, but it doesn't matter. It's a karaoke song that everyone knows. But the song Don't Stop Believing, it, it's the song. It, it, I'm taking that theme, not to highlight that song, but just to use in a series. And, and, and we all sang it like we didn't sing it today. We, we'll, we'll sing it before the series is over so you can get your game on again. But that theme of don't stop believing, and just to take off that song, in the 70s, Jonathan Cain was at the end of his, he, he was failing as a musician. He was uh, failing, he was broke, and he called home to Chicago and he told his dad, I'm, I'm quitting, I'm coming home, this is never going to work out, uh, this, this music career, I don't have any money, it's over. And his dad said, this has always been our vision. He just made this statement, don't stop believing and he jotted that down in a lyric book, and in 1981, so several years later, they, uh, with Steve Perry, they finished that album, and they put that song, Don't Stop Believing. And so um, in that song, it's sort of, it's become the number one downloaded song of the 20th century. And it's sort of, I know it's the karaoke song everyone sings, but it's sort of an anthem on not giving up. It's an anthem on not throwing in the towel, keep pushing forward, and not and don't ever stop believing. And so I want to take that same theme because I believe that would be God's message, his heart for us. Never stop believing no matter what you're up against. But there's actually a line in the song, and it goes like this. Some will win and some will lose. Some were born to sing the blues. Oh, the movie never ends. It goes on and on and on and on. But I want to interrupt those lyrics for just a moment and just say this about you, that... Um, you may hear those lines and sing, you know, some are born to win, some are born to lose. You weren't born to lose. You were always destined to win. And the movie doesn't have to go on and on and on and on. God can break you through. God can break you out. And so don't buy into the, don't buy into the segment that you're not destined to win. God doesn't have some that are just destined to win and some are destined to lose. He has called you and he's destined you to win. And so that's the title I want to use today. The movie doesn't have to go on and on and on and on. And you feel like that's the fate that you're stuck in because God wants to break you out of that. Amen? And so last week we learned this, that there, there are three things that faith always has. Faith always has a destiny. Romans says it this way, that, that faith brings the promises of God as the outcome. So there's a destiny to your faith, and that's for God to manifest those promises in, in your life, the promises that are in the Word of God. So there's always a destiny to your faith. Then we said this, but there's always a debate to your faith. And a, bait, a debate means there's an opposing argument. In other words, we could say it this way. There are circumstances, situations, people, failures. There's a list of things that will debate or that will oppose your stance on faith or your belief in faith or the promises that you're standing for. So yes, there's a destiny, there's an outcome, but there's also going to be a debate. There's going to be a challenge. Circumstances, situations, people, failures, all those things will oppose your faith. But then we, we ended on a good note that faith also has a what? A due date. In other words, there is a due season. God's going to get you to that thing that he wants. He's going to break through that thing in your life. That's why I called this series, Don't Stop Believing. But I, wanted, I want you to know today that you are destined to win. And so what I want to do for the next few moments is take Paul's life and deal with one of the debates that Paul dealt with. But I want to just start here. And so, so I'm going to take those three points from last week, plug in what Paul went through. And I'm telling you, if you'll shout with me, God will do something good in your life this morning. 
It's all right. Get a little Pentecostal or charismatic this morning. If you help me preach, you can receive this in a good way this morning. So, so, uh, the, so I've got a point one, two, three. I got a point one, point two. I got an ABC and then a point three. Could y'all handle that all in one for the next? I got thirty some minutes. Here we go. Ready? So we're gonna look like Paul. I would say this first of all that Paul's faith destined him for Rome. Paul had a destiny of his faith, and it was to go to Rome. Look, look, look what God told him in Acts chapter 23, verse 11. He said this to Paul. Be of good cheer, Paul, just like you testified in Jerusalem, little old Jerusalem. He said you must also go and bear witness before Caesar in Rome. So Paul had a word from God. His destiny was where? Rome. He had been preaching in Jerusalem. And now God says, Paul, you're going to take the same witness and you're going to take it to Rome. You're going to take it before Caesar. And so I want you to hear this, that God's word has a promise for you and it has a destiny. Your faith has a destiny. There's a word. There's some, you have a Rome. You have a destiny in your life. And faith is what it takes to get there. So Paul had this destiny, and, and, and it was to get to Rome. God gave him a message. Now, um, how, how many of you uh, uh, parents have ever been uh, going on a trip, and the car's packed, you got the snacks, the movie's playing on the, you know, the TV screens in the back of the, the, the family minivan, and you're ready to go on a trip, and you get just a little bit down the road, and the questions start coming from the back seat. How much longer? I've ever heard those. I started to say when my kids were little, they still ask the same question, and they're not little. How much longer? We wanna, how much longer is it going to take? How much further do we have to go? Several years ago, we would do these white water rafting trips uh, every summer, and they would take you from the base camp to the river, and every once in a while, someone would say, how much further we got to go? And this was their answer every time, another 45 minutes. And someone else would ask, another 45 minutes. So when I was a youth pastor in the van, the, the students would start asking questions, how much longer, how much I would always say, another 45 minutes, another 45 minutes. But, but here's the point. Um, have you ever thought about that same feeling with God? God, how much longer? How much longer am I waiting? How much longer before this transpires? How much longer before the answer comes? How much longer before the door opens? How much longer before a blessing comes? How many have ever wondered that? Just, how, God, how much longer? Well, I want you to know this, that your destiny is Rome. Your destiny is what the Word of God said. There are promises in here, and they are destiny. Uh, it's your destiny to put faith to them. And God wants to bring them to fruition and manifest them in your life if you and I can what? Keep believing. So Paul had a word from God. He had a word that he was going to go from Jerusalem and he was going to go to Caesar or to Rome to preach to Caesar. Here's the second point I would say, that Paul's faith was debated with a series of challenging delays. See, a debate against your faith could be circumstances, situation, could be people, could be failure. But what happens when that debate is a delay? How many have ever experienced a delay? It, waiting on the things of God. And this is, this is I'm going to take you through these series of delays, and a delay is an opposing argument. So here's Paul. God speaks to Paul. Paul, I'm going to take you from Jerusalem, and I'm going to take you all the way before Caesar to Rome. And at that time, Rome, um, Rome would, that location where Caesar, it would have been like Times Square. It, it was the hub of, of uh, it was the hub of the planet at that time. And so God says, I'm going to bring you before Caesar, the most powerful person on the planet, and you're going to witness to him. You're going to preach. So he had a word. And maybe you have a word. You've gotten in the word of God, and you said, there's a word for healing, or there's a word for prosperity, or there's a word for restoration, or there's a word for freedom. And you've got yourself a word that you found in the Bible, and the Bible said every promise God gives, it's what? It's yes, and it's amen. In other words, you can put your, your amen to what God says yes to. And you've got yourself a promise. And Paul's promise was he was going to Rome. 
But all of a sudden, his destiny was hit with a debate. And the debate came in the form of several delays. And let's walk through those. Y'all ready to go? So all of a sudden, Paul's got this word, I'm going to Rome. But the very next thing that happens, because Paul had been preaching in Jerusalem, was he got arrested and put on trial for causing a disturbance there in Jerusalem. See, I think Paul probably thought this, God speaks, Paul, you're going to Rome. So Paul was expecting the limo to roll up and him to get in with his his bags and his nice-looking suit and take this nice casual ride, and God was going to take him to the next level to Rome. But it didn't go that way. All of a sudden, Paul went from hearing this message from God, and now he's arrested, and he's put on trial because he was causing it. And so here's what happened. All these religious leaders, they plotted not only to arrest Paul, but they actually plotted and were paying for him to be killed. So all of a sudden, here's Paul. Have you ever felt like you put your belief out there, and all of a sudden, the next thing that happened was a trial? A test, you were arrested, not maybe not literally, but something just arrested you right after you put your faith out there for something. And so now Paul finds himself arrested and he appeals to Caesar. And so they're gonna take Paul and they put him with 275 other prisoners. They put him in the bottom of this ship with all these other prisoners and he's gonna go about 50, almost 1,500 miles from there to Rome. So here's what you got to know. One way or another, God's still going to get you to Rome. If you're arrested and put on trial, that trial is going to work out in your favor because what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it for good. But all of a sudden, Paul finds himself ready to go to Rome before Caesar, and now he finds himself in the bottom of this ship with 200 and some other prisoners. And let's pick up because the story keeps going from there. And it says this in, in, um, in verse 13. I, I, I love how this starts out. So they're in the boat. He's arrested. He's with these prisoners. And it says this. When the south wind blew softly. Now, I just got this picture of being on the open oceans. The soft wind blowing softly. Sounds like a song, doesn't it? Sailing, take me away. To... That's another song. That's another series. But anyway, so the south wind is blowing softly. The real song sounds different than that. Um, and it says, supposing that they had obtained their desire, they put out to sea, and they sailed close by Crete. So the wind's blowing softly. They're on this ship. Even though he was arrested, went through a trial, he's still headed to where? Rome. And it says this in verse 14, but not long after, a tempestuous headwind arose, and it was called a Euroclidon. So when the ship was caught, and could not head into the wind, we let her drive. Now we started with a soft wind, now we're facing a tempestuous wind, which actually if you studied out, it means a typhoon. So this typhoon hits them, and they were softly sailing, now this wind is what? Driving them, and running under the shelter of an island called Clotta, we secured the skiff with difficulty. Verse 17, and when they had taken it on board, they used cables to undergird the ship, and fearing lest they should run aground on the Sirtis sands, they struck the sail, and they were so what? driven. So they went from softly sailing to a storm now driving them. And you've got to be really, really cautious and really, really alert that when a storm comes out of nowhere, a tempestuous storm, a typhoon storm, so he went from trial and now he faces another delay. It's a storm. You've got to be really, really aware that you don't let that storm define you, but you let destiny to continue to drive you. And that would be letter A. Don't let the storm define you let destiny continue to what? Drive you. Let that faith keep driving you. That's where we get to. Don't stop believing. Let's, let's read on. And it says this in verse 18. 
And because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, you ever felt like you were tempest-tossed? I mean, the storm is tossing you. The waves are hitting you. And because we were exceedingly tempest-tossed, the next day, they lightened the ship. On the third day, we threw all of the tackle overboard. Now, there was neither sun nor stars for many days, and no small tempest beat on us. Look what it says. And all of the hope that we would be saved was finally what? Not what they're saying is out of nowhere this storm comes. We're throwing everything overboard. We haven't seen the sun or stars for many days, and we're continuing to be hit what? By this storm over and over and over. And it says now the storm's driving them in such a way that they're ready to what? Give up. Tempest-tossed, typhoon winds out of nowhere. And we got to be really, really cautious that when we get hit with a storm that we weren't expecting, that we don't let, because we can get into, well, this is just our fate. This is just our lot in life. This is just what we deserve. This is just what's happening to us. And we turn it into fate when all along the movie doesn't have to go on and on and on and on. It doesn't have to be your plot. It doesn't have to be your destiny. It doesn't have to be the end. You have to what? Don't stop believing in times like this. Don't let the storm drive you. Let your faith drive you. Let your destiny continue to drive you. But we get into this thing where we think, well, this is just my fate. This is just the direction my life is going. These are just the mistakes that I've made. This is just where I'm going. And we have to, at that moment, to be able to see past the momentary situation and the momentary storm and know that God's in the boat with you. God has a plan, and God still will get you to Rome. Now, think about this. If you went to the airport and you um, got ready to get on your flight and you missed your flight, you would have a few options. You could turn around and drive back home and just say, well, I'm never going to get there. You could sit in the airport and mope because you missed your flight. Or you could go up to the counter and rearrange your flight and still get there. You may have to leave at a later time. There may be some different things along the way. But you're still going to get to what? Your destination. I've got a word for you. God's still going to get you to your destination. If you missed your flight, if your flight got delayed, and here's Paul facing another delay after another delay, you got to be able to see past the momentary and know this, that the grace of God is still sufficient. The grace of God will still get you there. The grace of God will still break you through. And remember, God's still going to get you where? To Rome. Now, now, so all of a sudden, here's a trial. All of a sudden, here's a storm. Let's read on Acts chapter 27, a few more verses. And it says, after a long abstinence from food, Paul stood up in their midst and he said, men, you should have listened to me. You shouldn't have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and this loss. But I urge you to take heart For there will be no loss of life among you, only the ship will be destroyed. For there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve. And he said this, don't be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all of those who are with you. So take heart, men, for I believe, God, that it will be just as he told me. So in the middle of this storm, God gets up before, or Paul gets up before all of them. He said, God gave me a message. I'm still going to get to Rome. We're not going to suffer a loss of life. And then you got to hold on to, here's what happens. The word of God has to become your life preserver. 
When you get in situations in life when a storm hits, when you get in situations in life that you weren't expecting and you're following your faith and you got faith for something, you're believing for that breakthrough, you're believing for that restoration, you're believing, believing for that increase, you're believing for that destiny, and all of a sudden everything opposite happens in your life, you've got to have somewhere down inside of you that you will not stop believing. And, and it's the Word of God that's the, your life preserver in the middle of that storm. It said that all the 14 days they didn't eat. For 14 days all they saw was darkness. And you may feel like you're in the middle of your 14 days, but the Word of God is your life preserver. It's the Word of God that you're going to get to Rome. God's destiny is not for you to sink in the middle of the ocean. And sometimes you got to throw everything else overboard so you don't sink with your stuff. You get in the middle of a storm, you got to throw pride out. You got to throw doubt out. You got to throw depression out. You got to throw discouragement out. You got to throw unforgiveness out. You got to throw bitterness out. You got to throw all that doubt out, all that work. You got to throw it overboard or you'll sink with that stuff. You got to hold on to the Word of God. It's your life preserver. Amen. See, in the middle of your storm, God's always looking for a way to get involved. Always looking for a way to get involved. And faith is what puts God in the middle of the storm with you. And so after 14 days, the Bible said they began to eat, and they threw all the rest of their food overboard. Here's what was going on. They knew that they were getting to the end. They could almost start to see the daylight, and they took one last, it wasn't the last supper, but they took one last happy meal just to get their strength up because they knew we're about to push through the end here. See, what's going on with Paul is his faith is being debated because delays. And the same thing happens to you and me. It gets delayed. Sometimes we cause the delay, and sometimes that, temp that tempestuous typhoon storm comes out of nowhere. How many have ever been there? And it hits us. And when it hits us, what are we going to hold on to? Well, we've got to hold on to the Word of God. It becomes our what? Life preserver. And if you got a word from God from this book right here, then you can go right, you can go through the storm, you can face the trial, you can face the tempestuous uh, wind that is against you. So Paul has this delay. First it was an arrest, now it is a storm out of nowhere. And I wish I could tell you that was the end of the story, but let's keep reading. Acts chapter 27, verse 39. It says, when it was daytime, they didn't recognize the land, but they observed a bay with a beach. Now think about that. You're out on the open ocean. You've been hammered by a typhoon. This has been going on for 14 long days and nights. Your strength is zapped. There's fear trying to come at you. Your faith is being debated. And you get a little observance of a bay with a beach. Now, when you're out on the ocean, surrounded by dangerous waters, and all of a sudden you start to see a bay with a beach, how many know there's a little bit of hope? That's what you want to see is a bay with a beach. Let's read on. Onto which they plan, we're going to run this ship right up on the beach. How many know that's a good plan? All of a sudden, there's light at the end of the tunnel. All of a sudden, there's a glimpse of hope. There's a glimpse of rescue. Our faith is working out. We can see the beach. So they let go of the anchors, and they let them into the sea, and they lost the rudder ropes, and they hoisted the mainsail and to the wind, and they made for the shore. They're driving home. They can see that there's land. Now they're ready to just the last push. Verse 41, but. Everyone say but. Have you felt like you're about to break through? Have you ever had one of those days? What else could happen? Look what it says. But they struck a place where two seas met. 
And they ran the ship aground, and the prow stuck fast and remained immovable, but the stern was being broken up by the violence of the waves, and the soldiers' plan was, we're going to kill all these soldiers. But the centurion wanted to save Paul, and he kept, them from the, uh, he kept them from the purpose and commanded that those who could swim would jump overboard and get to land, and the rest hold on to a board, hold on to a part of the ship. So it was every one of them escaped safely. So here's the next delay. All of a sudden, it went from this storm, and they made it through all of these nights of this uh, typhoon, and they could just barely see land ahead. So they're like, we're going to lift the sails, and we're going to make the home stretch. We're going to catch a wind to get in. But all of a sudden, the Amplified Bible said they hit a barrier. Right when you thought you were finally going to make it, right when you finally thought it would manifest, right when you thought you saw the light, a barrier. The day went from bad to worse. And the boat is falling apart. It is coming apart. Pieces are breaking off. They saw the shore, but they hit a barrier. And now everything's breaking apart. But I want to stop right here and just say this to you. That sometimes everything that breaks apart in your life, God will use the brokenness to break you through. He'll use the pain to put you over. He'll use the heartache to get you healed. He'll use the discouragement to deliver you. God has this way of taking all the things that break us apart to bring us across the finish line. You may not get across that finish line intact like you thought you were, but I guarantee you what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn to good and he'll bring healing out of it. He'll bring wholeness out of it. He'll bring next level destiny out of it. When you thought it was all broken stuff, if you let God, see God never wastes anything in the kingdom. He is a redeemer. So let me say this, letter B would be this, don't lose this focus. Faith always swims, fear always sinks. If you fall overboard, swim. I don't know what to do, just start swimming. I don't know what to do, just start praising. I don't know what to do, get your praise on. I don't know what to do, keep speaking. I don't, just take a step. If you fall in the water, what do you do? Swim, don't go down with your stuff. Your destiny is not at the bottom of the ocean. Your destiny is still what? It's Rome. God will use everything that broke up in your life, every failure in your life, every shortcoming in your life, every heartache in your life. He'll use all the broken stuff, all the broken parts to get you across that finish line. He'll use it to get you to shore. They didn't arrive at shore in the ship. They arrived on broken pieces, but they still got to shore. You should be much more excited about that. And I, I, I wrote a couple things down, and these are shout-worthy, so if this means anything to anybody, you better shout. Listen to this, this is a couple little statements. I'm just going to throw them out there. You can get the tattoo, post it, whatever. Listen to this. First of all, uh, you're not going to make it because of how well you held on to God. You're going to make it because how well God held on to you. Sometimes we think it's about us holding on to God, and we're going to look back once you make sure, and you're going to be like, this wasn't about me holding on to God. All along, God was holding on to me. He was holding the pieces together. He was holding my hand through all of this. It's not about how well I did. It's about how faithful he is to get me to Rome. Oh, man, here's another good one. How about this? He isn't out to just touch your circumstances as much as he is out to transform your life. Sometimes God just changes situation. God, just, just touch it. God, God, we pray. Oh, God, you're good. Pray. And sometimes we just want God to touch a situation and turn a situation. And you know what God wants above and beyond the touch is to transform you. See, he's out to make you a survivor. He's more interested in transforming you than he is just touching you. 
is sometimes we don't understand ourselves and sometimes we don't understand the battle and we don't understand the delays. But for God to bring you to Rome and for God to deliver you and for God to bring his destiny up in your life and for God to honor your faith, understanding God is not a prerequisite. Trusting is. Have you ever just said, God, I don't understand. And when we say we don't understand, we feel like we failed in our faith. To reach your destiny, understanding God is not a prerequisite. And understanding all of the chaos and understanding all of the storm and understanding all of the past and understanding all of the pain is not a prerequisite for God getting you where he wants to get you. If you never understand it, if these ways, if you don't understand, I mean, that's some hope right there. It's not a prerequisite for you to get there to understand God. But the prerequisite is that we trust God. So they made it to shore. And I wish I could tell you that was the end of the story. I wish I could tell you that was the last delay, but there's another delay. Acts chapter, y'all doing all right in this good? All right, home stretch, here we go. I wish I could tell you that they made it to shore and that was the end of all of these delays. But look what it says. When they escaped, they found out that the island there was called Malta. Malta literally means a sweet spot. Now listen, if you're capsized and you're shipwrecked, you gotta think, hey, God says you're going to Rome. Then he's arrested. Then he's put in a boat with prisoners. And then there's a typhoon. And then there's a shipwreck. And they finally make it to land called Malta, which means they finally found a sweet spot. It means honey. You ever had one of those moments in the middle of a storm where you find a couple sweet spots? This is what's going on. So look what it says. So they, they, this island was called Malta, and all of the natives come, and they showed us unusual kindness. They made a fire for us. They started feeding them um, because the rain was heavy and it was cold. And so all of a sudden, they find these natives, and they're, they're not headhunters. They're not cannibals. They're friendly, and they build a fire. They're getting them all warmed up. And so Paul goes over it, and the Bible says this. Paul goes over it, and he's gathering some sticks, and he's putting sticks on the fire. And out of the fire came a viper. It went from bad to worse. They found a sweet spot, and in the middle of the sweet spot, there's a viper. In the middle of a fire that's now warming them, there's a viper. The, the viper came out because of the heat of the fire, and it fastened onto the hand of Paul. And all of the natives saw this creature hanging from, can you imagine? Here's this viper hanging on Paul's hand, and all of the natives see this, and here's what they start saying. Hey, it's no doubt this prisoner was a murderer, because he made it through the sea, but justice is he won't live through this snake bite. Verse 5, but he shook it off. Everyone say, shake it off. Shake, shake, shake it off. He shook it off. The Greek says violently. He shook it off. I love to read on here. It says he shook it off. He shook that creature back into the fire, and he suffered no harm. However, they were expecting he would swell up and die. But after they looked a long time and they saw no harm, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. So he got bit by a viper. They all stood back and said, well, you must be uh, evil. You must be a murderer. And now they're waiting for him to die. There's a lot of people waiting for you to fail. And there's a lot of people waiting for you to make fun at your faith statement and your confession of faith and your belief in God. And they're looking at your trials and say, well, they just, be, they just must be nasty person. Look, God's against them. And, and, and you can start thinking that if you, don't, if you don't understand the heart of God. 
And then here's a viper. After you make it to land and you survive a typhoon, you survive a shipwreck, you survive a prison, uh, an arrest, now there's this viper hanging on Paul. So what does Paul do? He violently shakes it off, and they're waiting for him to die, but nothing happens. There's no harm. And now they think he's a god. Listen, there's a, wor- there's a world of people watching how you handle some things you go through. Let me give you a letter C. You ready for this? Um, it says this, don't forget that storm survivors aren't afraid of snakes. If you can make it through the sea and you can make it through the storm and you can make it through the shipwreck, listen, you are not afraid of a snake. Did y'all get that? If you survive a shipwreck, the snake is the least of your worries. You've just made it through some storms in your life. This next little part is not going to kill you. It's not going to end you. You don't, uh, storm survivors don't fear snake bites. You've already been through the fire. You've already been through the storm. You've already been through some things. The snake bites not going. They were waiting for him to panic, and Paul didn't panic. What did Paul do? He shook off the snake bite. See, here's the deal. You are no longer threatened by what comes out of that fire because you've been through the fire. You've been through the flame. You're not, you're not afraid anymore of what could come out of that fire. You've been tested. You've made the course. You're standing in your faith. You have not stopped believing. You are not afraid. There was a time in your life what was coming out of that fire could have destroyed you, but not now. You've survived the storm. The fire was the least of your worries. You're a different person. You were broken up. You were bruised. You were battered. You went through some long nights. You went through some times where it was dark. You went through some times where you were a little hungry. You survived all that. The snake is not your problem now because God has refined your fire, built your, or your faith. He's built your faith. He's strengthened you. Come on, am I talking to the right crowd? They expected him to swell up and die. And Paul stood there doing this. If I live through that arrest and if I live through that shipwreck and if I live through that typhoon, if I live through that attack, if I live through that lonely night, If I lived through that addiction, if I lived through that pain, if I lived through that problem, come on, that was then, I'm not going to stop believing. Your faith has a destiny for Rome. But Paul, just like you, delays are a debate. And it's in the middle of all those delays, we got to keep believing. Now let me get to this last point, because your faith has a destiny, your faith has a debate, but your faith also has, check this out, a due date. It has a due date, and your due date is Rome. And I would actually say it this way, that, I, just let me say how I word it so it knows. Paul's faith had a due date in Rome, not Malta. His due date was Rome, it was not Malta. Malta was a sweet spot, but it wasn't destiny. It was a place of reaching a beach, but it wasn't where God ultimately wanted him to be. Now, let me just tell you the rest of this story. For three months, Paul, because he shook that thing off, he went around that island and he laid hands on the sick and they were healed. He preached the gospel and there was revival. See, you're gonna come out of that storm and that trial and that typhoon that you went through and you're gonna have a new testimony and you're gonna have a new story and it's gonna preach and it's gonna reach somebody else and it's gonna help someone else and it's gonna cause someone else to begin to look up in the middle of their storm. God never called you to Malta. He called you where? To Rome. And as this story goes on, all of a sudden, the people on the island begin to favor Paul. And as they favor Paul, they begin to pour out money on Paul. And when Paul left Malta, he left on this big Alexandrian ship, which was one of the most elite ships of the time. So he went from the prison ship to the Alexandrian. And when he got to Rome, check this out, 
He was so favored and blessed financially that he was able to go to the middle of Rome. It would be like Times Square, New York, and lease an apartment where he ran his ministry and wrote his books from. And he got to go to Rome, and he got to go before Caesar. And here's my point. There's a due date on your faith. And if you got to shore holding on to a piece of the ship, holding on to a word from God, when it looked like morning wasn't going to come, and you got to Malta, don't just take a breath and say, I guess this is my faith. Some are born to win. Some are born to lose. And the movie goes on and on and on. It doesn't have to go on and on. You were destined to win, and your faith was destined for a certain outcome, no matter the delays that have come your way, no matter the delays you might have even caused. God has a destiny for you, and it's Rome. And listen, this morning, you may have just put your faith out there and feel like you were arrested in a trial. Or you may have gotten past that trial and felt like a storm hit you that you had no idea was coming. And you may feel like you're in the middle of those 14 days and nights and the boat is coming apart. Or you may feel like you've gone overboard and all you got to hold on to is a word from God. Or maybe you saw the bay and the beach and you just decided I'm going for it only to hit a barrier. Or maybe you've made it to the beach and you've been warming yourself by the fire and something bit you. I want you to know that Malta is not your destiny. Rome is your destiny. There's a due date with Rome. Hold on to the word. Paul just kept holding on to the word. God showed up in the middle of the night with an angel and said, Paul, I told you we're going to Rome. He just didn't expect Rome. He didn't expect to get through Rome through the bottom of the ocean. And he didn't expect to get through Rome holding on to a piece of the boat. And he didn't expect to get to Rome via Malta. But God brought him to Rome. And God's going to bring you to Rome even though you've had some delays even though you've had some turns, even though you've had some disappointments, even though you've had some discouragements, I prophesy it to you. You're going to get to Rome. And it's not how well you've held on to God. It's how well God has held on to you. He's getting you to your Rome. He's getting you to your healing. He's getting you to your prospering. He's getting you to your restoration. And he's getting you to your redemption. If you believe that, would you stand? Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com.